Good morning. And peace be with you. You think it'll get hot today? How's everyone doing on the heat? We need to check in on each other. Are you guys, everyone doing okay? Yeah, so what? Um, you know, this is a time when the church is the church to others. And this is the time which you already do, but every day you are ministers. And so um, just so that you are aware, there is a list of places that you can cool down uh, in and around Orange County. Some people don't have air conditioning and so forth. So Carol has a list that Carol and Ken put together and, and uh, for, for just for your information. And then as always, um, we have uh, air conditioning here at the church and in the office. And so you're welcome to do that. We will have air conditioning during our uh, Bible studies on Tuesday and, and so forth. So just to make sure you're aware, but please do check on each other and, and see how everyone's doing, okay? And um, to that end, uh, there will be no uh, fellowship uh, after uh, the service today. Um, the tables are set up, but we're just, we're not going to even do that. It's, uh, if we'd had a pool and maybe council, that's something that we could do, you know, get a, a chilled pool out there, you know, we have pool parties afterwards, eh, scratch that. But um, just in the abundance of caution, we will not have fellowship after the, the service this morning. I would direct you to the bulletin and to look through that this month. Our donations are going to be going to Samaritan's Purse for Operation Christmas Child. It's a very worthy uh, cause um, that you probably have seen. Um, our family got introduced to it some 20 years ago, and it was a lot of fun for the boys to put these things together with the idea that another little boy or little girl somewhere in the world was going to uh, receive these things. So we will be collecting in order to put boxes um, together, to fund the putting of boxes together. We're not going to fold boxes here. We're not going to accept uh, toys and, and toiletries and the things that go into that, but we're going to um, pass on uh, a, a gift, a love offering to that uh, organization. And then as far as um, Alice Gallagher uh, and what was going on with her dog and so forth, we did exceedingly well. Um, the number, final number hasn't come out um, yet that I know of, but it is over $2,000 that we have raised for that um, seizure dog. So I want to thank you all um, for um, being so kind and so generous with your offerings um, for them. It will make a difference, and I'll keep you up to date on what's going on as that thing uh, progresses. These dogs take a lot of training, and it does, you know, and then there's the, the waiting list, and there's the fees, that it, what it costs, um, but it, probably within three years, she'll have this dog, and so again, thank you very much. So, Tim, can you get us started? Stone, this cornerstone, this song. 
if you're able. We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins 
and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have not sinned against you in word and deed, by what we have done, by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain, whose blood set us free to be people of God. Power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Hallelujah. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation. Blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God. 
For the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O merciful Lord, you did not spare your only Son, but delivered him up for us all. Grant your courage and strength to take up the cross and follow him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, and this can be found on page 320 in the Pew Bible. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 20. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, and to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call heavens and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We will read Psalm 1 responsibly. It's printed on page 6 in the bulletin. Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The next reading is taken from the book of Philemon verses 1 through 21, and this can be found on page 1861 in the Pew Bible. Philemon 1 through 21. Paul, 
a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia and our sister, Akipias, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my very own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from Luke 14, verses 25 through 35, and it can be found on page 1623 in your pew Bible. Luke records, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate 
father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation or are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and he wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? And if he is not able, he will send a delegation, while the other is still a long way off, and he will ask, for terms of peace. And in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile it is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus, because nothing good can come from any other source. From time to time, we hear about the price that people from other cultures, other countries, the price they pay when the Holy Spirit converts them to Christianity. A father will declare that my son is dead to me and his mother. In other words, as far as this man is concerned, his son no longer exists because he has become a Christian. And over the years, we have heard about the honor killings among followers of Islam. And a father will actually execute his own daughter merely because she abandoned the Islamic ideology. Now, in this morning's gospel, we heard Jesus say this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus teaching this sort of radically strict sort of approach to his teaching, just like the honor killings? Or? 
What about the second great commandment being, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. How are we to make the transition from loving neighbor to, well, to hating family? How do we reconcile that what we heard Jesus say today with the message of love for neighbor that Jesus proclaimed, proclaimed at other times. How, how do we reconcile it? He said, unless you hate your family. And before we get ready to accuse Jesus of radical contradictions, let's remember one of the most important tools for understanding. Whenever we communicate in any way, context is important. In order to understand the truth of Jesus' words, we must hear them in context. The context of the preceding chapters of Luke, they've informed us that Jesus is en route to Jerusalem. Why? Well, in order to offer himself up as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. First, Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 9, 43, 44, let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. And then a short time later, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now Luke has told us this. That he's told us that Jesus did not hurry toward Jerusalem. Instead, he went on his way through towns and villages, and he was teaching as he was journeying towards Jerusalem. And then finally, as we began the gospel this morning, we heard, now, Great crowds accompanied him. Jesus was drawing people into to the travel to Jerusalem with him. He was drawing them not just to celebrate the Passover, but also to witness as Jesus offered himself up as the Passover lamb, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. It is in this context that Jesus not only said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. But he also said this, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So as we review the context of Jesus' words, we begin to understand that Jesus' warning about earthly consequences of becoming his disciples. He is warning about the hatred that the devil, the world, and even our own sinful nature has against Jesus. And Jesus warns that Christians will face incredible pressure to abandon their faith in him. The devil, the world, and our sinful flesh will muster all their forces just to drive us away 
from faith in Jesus Christ. And society as a whole, members of our own households, even our own thoughts will betray us. Now, society might threaten physical, legal, and financial violence. Our families may threaten emotional violence. Our own thoughts may deceive us. And therefore, we must be ready to leave them behind. Now, Jesus taught, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, my disciples. And with these words, Jesus taught that the Christian has enemies, and enemies will attack. They will cause many hardships for the Christian. And the faithful disciple will suffer in this world for the sake of Christ. Our culture has gotten used to the idea that any hardship in life may be called a cross. It may be called a sickness or an accident, an unfortunate financial setback. And we sometimes refer to all of these and more as our crosses to bear. But when Jesus speaks of the cross... He speaks only of the cross that the Christian bears because he is a Christian. He speaks specifically of the hardships that a person bears because he confesses Christ to the world and because the world hates Christ. There has been a steady stream of blood from Christians down through the centuries in fact, the writer of Hebrews states that many suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, and they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats. They were destitute, afflicted, mistreated. They were wandering in the deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Hebrews 11, 36-38. You may lose all of your earthly belongings or even your life for the sake of Christ. That's what the context, what he is telling us. And the world has produced many false teachers who insist that the wealth of this world, war, world will just pour out on those whose faith is, well, strong enough. It'll pour out on those who think positive thoughts. And these false teachers claim to be Christians but they teach you to have faith in your own faith, to believe in your own positive thoughts, to take control of your own salvation by your own outlook on life. And they cleverly claim to teach faith in Christ, but they actually teach faith in yourself. And in many cases, they have conned themselves. They've conned themselves literally into believing their own false teaching. And after all, 
As we see some of these people on TV or in the news, aren't they awash in wealth, in the wealth of this world? Mansions and cars and stadiums that they, they preach from. Well, it is to these false prophets that the Lord will one day say this from Luke 12, 20 through 21. You'll remember the Lord said, Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things that you prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So what is Jesus telling us in today's gospel? He is saying that the world absolutely hates the children of God. He is saying that the world will use all its resources against us, against you, the child of God. It will use even our own families, even our own desire to survive. Jesus is telling us that his disciples must be ready to cut off ties. Cut off ties to father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters rather than be unfaithful to him. He is telling us that we must be ready to lose our lives rather than to be unfaithful to him. Can you do that? Neither can I. I simply don't have the resources to conform to Jesus' teaching in today's gospel. In fact, the parables that Jesus tells that are come after these statements tell us that we don't have the resources to carry them out. It's not just my opinion. He, he gives parables later on that illustrate that. Our attempt to surrender all in order to be faithful is like a man who starts a tower that he can't finish. Our efforts to surrender all in order to be faithful is like that king with 10,000 who hasn't calculated whether or not he can oppose another with 20,000. The truth is the world will overwhelm us if we try to carry our own cross in our own power. We do not have the power in ourselves to deny our family and follow Christ. We can't do it alone. And fortunately, we are not alone. The Holy Spirit inspired the writer of the book of Hebrews to say this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4, 15, Jesus, Jesus is our high priest who experienced the same attacks that we do, and he triumphed over it. So did the world use Jesus' family to attack him? You bet they did. When we listen to the words that 
Mark writes in, in Mark uh, 3, 20 through 21, we, we read that then Jesus went home and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat, he and his disciples. And when his family heard it, they all went out to seize him. For they were saying, he is out of his mind. That's Mark 30, excuse me, Mark 3, 20 through 21. And later on, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Mark 3, 34, 35. Jesus himself had to deny his own family in order to remain faithful. Jesus Christ was also faithful to the cross. His cross was not just a metaphor. It was a, a very real thing. His death was not just persecution for being faithful. His death was the sacrifice that made us all part of God's family. And you see, when Jesus endured the cross, he was making sure that there, that there was one cross that you and I would never have to endure. The cross we earned with our own sin. He bore that cross. And Jesus endured the cross of our sins so that we don't have to. He took all of our sins unto himself, and he paid the debt for those sins. And by his faithful suffering and death on the cross, he triumphed over sin, death, and the power of the devil. And in his triumph, he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven. That is why we preach Christ and him crucified. Jesus offers his triumph to all people, through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. And it is by faith that we receive adoption into God's family. And he promises us that we shall always be together. Now, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said this, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And he also said in Hebrews 13:5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And his triumph means that he is always by our side. And he will always be with us while we live here on this earth. And when our time here is over, we shall live with him forever. Evil, evil has no conscience. It will attack us. And it will use all of its resources. It will attack us through family. It will attack us through friends. It will attack us even through our own body. And in spite of this, we need not fear. For the Holy Spirit works and sustains faith in us and works through us to give us strength to remain faithful in spite of of the world's persecution. Even if it means that we lose family and friends. Even if it means death because of our faith. 
For those of you that have been through confirmation, have you ever revisited your confirmation, the vows, the promises that you made at that time? Do you, do you remember them? The church probably asked you to make promises and promises that you could not keep. They asked, do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit even unto death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in the confession and church to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? A simple, I do, will not be enough of a response because no ordinary human being can live up to that answer. Instead, you'll remember you said, I do, by the grace of God. And it is for only by the grace of God we can be faithful to God, even if the world threatens death or our family and friends ridicule us. It is by the grace of God that the Holy Spirit will keep our faith strong. It is by the grace of God and his promise that God will be with us here in time and he will, we will be with him forever in eternity. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Our sanctified peace is there that knows no measure. Joys that through all time abide. Joys that through all time abide. Christ, I glory. Will you please stand if you're able? Let us now confess our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As a family in Jesus Christ, let us pray. Dear Lord and God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we gather once again this morning to praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for watching over us throughout the past week and for keeping us safe. Thank you for enabling us to safely gather to worship you in the sanctuary or at home and providing your peace that floods over us as we focus on the saving grace of your Son, Jesus. We most certainly need a respite from all of the sins surrounding us in this world that has led to incredible hate and destruction between citizens of our own country as well as between nations. Please, Holy Spirit, help each of us to not join into the anger and hate being thrown about by those who disagree on just about every topic imaginable. Help us to be respectful of others and keep our opinions to ourselves when appropriate realizing that all too often Satan has control of our mouths. Please help our national leaders and elected representatives do likewise. Holy Father, you know that our weather has gotten really hot lately, and we're struggling with it. But we also realize that you have blessed us with air conditioning technology, fans, and businesses that we can enter to escape the oppressive heat. We also know that many others in our neighborhoods, within our state, nation, and other nations do not share our blessings. We pray that we are encouraged by the Holy Spirit to provide help 
where we can and ask that you moderate weather to relieve those oppressed by this heat wave. Lord, we pray for the many individuals and families who have been broken and livelihoods destroyed by the anarchy and chaos occurring in cities around our nation. We are witnessing the actions of evil on our daily news, and it is incomprehensible to us, especially in the United States. Please, Holy Spirit, provide wisdom to the various elected leaders who are either incapable or unwilling to protect the law-abiding citizens in their jurisdictions. Holy Spirit, please strengthen our faith in the saving grace of our Father through Jesus, his only Son. Lead us to Holy Scripture where the truth is written for us that we would not drift off your path to our destiny in heaven. Thank you for your protective embrace of the many firefighters battling brush fires throughout our state, and please bring temperate weather to help them. Thank you for protecting our local law enforcement officers from the hate we see in major cities around our nation. We pray for all who serve to keep us safe. Lord, we pray for our nation. It is in you we trust, even though some would separate us from your oversight. For the sake of your faithful, we ask that you remain with us and guide us so that our nation will not perish from cancer within. Holy Father, we continue to pray for our children as they head back to school. We love them as you love us. Please keep them in your care. Also, Lord, please focus the minds of adults driving automobiles to the danger they pose to children in and around schoolyards and in neighborhoods. Help us all focus on preventing harm to others by limiting our self-centered distractions like cell phones. We pray for the safety of all of our military members. They serve to protect all of us around the world and at home. Please shield them from all harm. Holy Father, we pray for those who travel, especially on this Labor Day weekend. Please give all we love safe journeys and bring them home to us when their travels conclude. Dear Lord, you know our hearts and thoughts, and you know our prayers every moment of every day. We know that our thoughts aren't always very wholesome or Christian-like, and we're embarrassed that you already know them. Thank you for forgiving us when our thoughts are not loving, as they often are not. Holy Spirit, thank you for reminding us to focus on the thoughts of God rather than the guidance from Satan. Father, please give us rest from our anxieties and troubles. Open our hearts to be willing to help others who need whatever we can provide. Dear God Almighty, we know that nothing happens to us, good or bad, without your knowledge and approval, since you are all-knowing and all-powerful, and that you love us and work everything to your glory and our good in your time, which is perfect. Thank you for forgiving us when we doubt your love in bad times and forget to thank you for your love in good times. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers kept deep in our hearts or spoken aloud. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you please pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us lift up, lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Holy Father, through Christ Jesus our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious, triumphant coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The holy sacrament of the altar is for all who confess Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you've all done that. I heard you. So come, 
the table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward.
hard teaching, a hard one to give, perhaps a hard one to receive. But the bottom line is that he equips us because he forsaked his family. He was attacked by the world, attacked by his family, attacked by the devil, and he has victory. And so his victory is our victory, and that is his promise. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.